Hello, boxing fans around the world. Thank you for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight for another episode of Boxing News Today. And today we're going to talk mainly about the heavyweights based on the discussion uh, we were having yesterday on the new show. Let's start off with uh, what might happen uh, if Deontay Wilder and Andy Ruiz Jr. end up fighting. They could end up fighting for the vacant WBC heavyweight title. And this is because... Tyson Fury, as we announced yesterday, is and his manager, Frank Warren, are about to announce a game changer. And if that game changer, in terms of uh, game changing boxing match, is not against uh, a, a boxer, but in fact, for example, UFC champ Francis Nigano, uh, or anyone outside the scope of the sport, the WBC may have to act and remove the strap from the two time world champion. If that's the case, uh, then you might see the Wilder and Ruiz fight take on a bigger uh, element of surprise for us all in that they would then fight for that uh, title championship. And that's pretty good. Uh, anyway, uh, as you might imagine, Al Heyman has had his eyes uh, on the fight for almost two years. And now both fighters have an added incentive with the possibility of at least the interim WBC belt. So there you go, a little bit of a warm up to what I'm about to speak to, speak to and that is uh, all the various heavyweights and not just the uh, top four or five that we mentioned yesterday. But uh, when asked uh, who uh, who he felt was the most overrated heavyweight in the game, uh, Eddie Hearn answered he thought it was, in fact, Deontay Wilder. And the reason he said that is because he thinks Deontay Wilder is a dangerous knockout artist solely. Uh, and he said he's overrated because Luis Ortiz absolutely schooled him and stood him on his head, knocked him out. But he was 8-0 down in rounds. His only victory of note in his entire career is Luis Ortiz. So uh, Wilder faced, as you know, uh, Ortiz twice during his five-year stint as WBC world champ, once in 2018 and then again the following year. And in the first bout, the Cuban survived a knockdown in the fifth before being stopped in the tenth. Wilder was stunned himself in the seventh. The champion uh, was indeed down in all scorecards in the rematch, with Ortiz dominating the majority before being caught with a shot that every Wilder opponent does they all can do to avoid. It was three months later that Wilder would be unable to land that equalizer. His attributes were comprehensively negated by uh, uh, informed Tyson Fury, resulting in the first loss of the American's career. So his style is widely regarded as unorthodox in the minds of many lacking, but the power is never questioned. So Eddie Hearn, I think he's a bit overrated, and so he might end up fighting Andy Ruiz Jr. for that WBC strap if it's vacated uh, because Tyson Fury may not fight, in fact, a boxer next, but in fact, a UFC champ. Anyway, let's move along to the next generation of heavyweights, according to ESPN. Uh, who gives a pretty comprehensive list uh, beyond, shall we say, uh, let's say the top four being Tyson Fury, Usyk, Wilder, Anthony Joshua. But all those uh, fighters, three of, three of those four will be in fact 35 years and older by the time August rolls into September of this year. Joshua turns 34 in October and hasn't won a major fight, as we all know, since he avenged his loss to Andy Ruiz Jr. in December 2019. And he lost uh, to WBO, WBA, IBF champ, Usyk, twice, and he's 36. 
And uh, the killer instinct that carried AJ into the sports pinnacle has been absent since he was TKO'd by Ruiz in their first match. Fury, the champ, uh, turns 35 uh, in August and has already retired twice. And yet all four could take part in a proposed mega fight doubleheader in Saudi Arabia in December, which to me seems now quite unlikely. Uh, anyway, so above and beyond those several fighters, we're going to see uh, Jared Anderson take on Charles Martin. And again, with only 12 days notice for both fighters, because uh, as I noted yesterday, Anderson isn't really aware of uh, the Charles Martin style. Uh, and uh, Charles Martin certainly will have it as a task uh, to defeat the undefeated, uh, the real big baby, Jared Anderson, as you all know and talk and fight, one of our favorites. But anyway, going beyond uh, the Andersons and the Martins, uh, we have obviously mentioned many uh, heavyweights in the past. Uh, for example, Anderson was scheduled to face Kazakhstan's Jan Kozabutsky, but uh, Visa issued and forced that heavyweight to withdraw. Uh, which brought into question uh, whether he could fight George Martin, which he accepted, and away with Charles Martin, and, and that's uh, what we'll see. Uh, but in, previously, Anderson has dispensed with uh, George Arias three rounds in April and Jerry Forrest in two rounds in December. And if he can wipe out Martin in a similar fashion, he'll certainly cement his status as the most promising heavyweight, and he's not alone. Um, five heavyweights at ESPN points out are poised to make that leap to the next level with uh, with a few victories and uh, would be heading that lift Philip Hergovic, 15-0, 12 knockouts. Uh, you know, he's from Croatia. He's 31 years old and uh, scored his biggest win in, 2020, in August of 2022 on the Yusik Joshua undercard with a controversial decision over Zhalang Zhang, who, as we know, is now going to rematch uh, Joe Joyce. Number two on their list, Frank Sanchez, 22-0, 15 knockouts. Sanchez presents a classic high-risk, low-reward dilemma with his size, 6'4", 240-pounds-plus, boxing ability, and patient approach in the ring. Opponents aren't lining up to fight him. In a division that builds stars through action fighters and knockout artists, Sanchez is itching for his shot and might have to wait a bit longer than most. There's no doubt uh, his fighting prowess is to be considered. He's 30 years old and from Cuba. And he was able to uh, neutralize, by the way, one of our fighter, favorite fighters here on Talking Fight, F.A. Ajagba, uh, when they met last year, which is a decision uh, given to Sanchez. Um, Sanchez could meet former heavyweight title contender Chris Ariola later this uh, year in a sort of fight that could bring it more name recognition, perhaps a, a much-needed firefight. Uh, third on their list, 19 and 1, 14 knockouts, Martin Bacoli. Uh, Bacoli is the only heavyweight heavyweight highlighted who has a loss in the pros, but he's also the one that boasts the best win on his resume. He routed Olympic gold medalist Tony Yoka in May of 2022, showing that he could not only upend the top fighter, but do so in enemy territory in Paris. He fights, as you call, out of the Congo, and he's the younger brother of former cruiserweight champ Ilunga Makuba. Um, Let's have a quick look here. Uh, Bacoli has uh, suffered a 10th round technical knockout by Michael Hunter in 2018 in his only pro defeat. Uh, six foot six, 280 pounds. Bacoli is a load to handle in the ring and isn't afraid to scrap in exchanges. Ooh, that brings us to Gergen Hovhenesson. 4-0, four knockouts. 
Havhanian has only four pro fights, but he's already faced tough competition. Uh, evidence PBC is looking to fast track him to heavyweight title shot. The 25 Armenian who fights out of LA blasted heavyweight gatekeeper Michael Coffey in a six round technical knockout back in October. He's six foot seven, 270 pounds, 75 pounds plus, and a slayed fight uh, Martin April in the Gervonta Davis Ryan Garcia undercard, but he had suffered a rib injury and couldn't fight. Uh, the fight with Martin, it was in the works to be rescheduled for the Errol Spence turn Coffert undercard next month, but then Martin received a call on short notice to fight Anderson and took the chance. Now, Hav, uh, Hav Hanesian will square off with Ukraine's Victor Faust, a top amateur, coming off an upset TKO loss to Lenia Perro in February, and that bet will take place July 29th on the Spence Crawford uh, undercard. Uh, another fighter they're mentioning, keep in mind here, 12 no, 12 knockouts, Bakhadir Jalalov. He's from Uzbekistan, the Olympic gold medalist from Uzbekistan. Jalalov might just add, uh, might add, just might be the most talented young heavyweight in the world. He was a pro when he returned to the Olympics to accomplish his dream, and now he's back in the paid ranks. Jalalov is proving why he's a heavyweight to keep tabs on. He's promoted by Ludabella. Jalalov has faced the worst competition of all fighters featured here, but he does have the best amateur credentials. A smooth boxing southpaw, six foot seven, 250 pounds. Jalalov now simply needs proper opposition to showcase his skills. He hasn't completed, he hasn't competed this year, but fought three times in 2022, finishing his campaign with a fourth round knockout of reliable heavyweight opponent Curtis Harper. And speaking of other heavyweights who are in the ring. Heavyweight Robert the Nordic Nightmare Hellenius will return to the ring for the first time since his loss to Deontay Wilder last October. The 39 Hellenius, 31 and 4, 20 knockouts, will face unbeaten Mika Mililnin, 6 no, 6 knockouts on August 5th at the Ola Vidlina Castle in Savalina, Finland. Mililnin, he's 41, started boxing in 2021. It's really nice to be able to fight in Finland, and there's lots of atmosphere in Olav Kina, Olav, sorry, Olavin, Olavin Lina. Woo! It's a tongue twister. Uh, it's also fun that I get to fight a Finnish boxer. Uh, Milonen is a bit of a slugger, uh, and he hits heavy, hits hard. But yes, I'm going to Olavin Lina to win. And for the longer term plans, let's see how August goes and continue from there. So let's see how Hellenius fares. Anyway, in other news, uh, we see that there was a big fight over at Sony Hall in New York City. Uh, Hammer and Hank Lundy stepped into the ring looking to uh, clobber 19-0 undefeated Curtis, uh, sorry, Kurt Scobie. But uh, the junior welterweight uh, was scheduled for eight rounds, but Scobie got his man against the rope right from the opening bell and then commenced to strike at Lundy with bad intentions. By the second round, it was clear that Lundy was in over his head. Uh, the fight uh, wasn't. Uh, six minutes in, he was already eating a lot of leather. A pair of hard right hands sent Lundy to the mat. He got back to his feet and fought back gamely, but within moments, Scobie had his man down and out. It was an impressive performance for the younger man and perhaps the end of the career for the older man. Lundy never stood a chance. Scobie, on the other hand, looked quite impressive. On that same card... Uh, also in the junior welterweight uh, division, we saw a 12-0-1 Matthew left Guns Gonzalez taking on 8-1 and 
fellow uh, junior welterweight Terrell Bostick. Uh, the bout was scheduled for eight rounds. Bostick looked very fluid, strong in the opening round. Uh, Gonzalez, however, was able to find a stride in the, first, in the next two rounds. It was a close fight, no doubt, but Bostick looked to be getting muscled by the stronger Gonzalez. Bostick had his moments in the fourth, but Gonzalez did some strong work, courtesy power punching, and a sharp, south, uh, sharp southpaw jab. Bostick was sent to the map, map by Gonzalez in the fifth, but it was from a toss, not a punch, showing the sh slowing the tempo down a bit in the sixth. Bostick perhaps threw Gonzalez off a bit as he was to land effective and keep his man from launching a serious offense. Bostick went on to toss off a series of strong body shots in the seventh and looked like the fight might be starting to turn in Bostick's favor. However, the eighth and final round saw Bostick continue to work the body with fast, accurate punches. Gonzalez, on the other hand, tried to land power shots that would earn him the win by decision or by knockout. After the fight had ended, it was frankly difficult to tell who the judges would give the nod to. Yet in the end, Gonzalez won by unanimous decision, scores 78-74, 77-75, 77-75. Also on that particular fight, we saw Brian Caballo dominating Mitch Louis Charles en route to a one-sided victory. Um, the 7-3-2 and two, uh, Mitch Lewis Charles battled a 14 and one Brooklyn based junior middleweight Brian Caballo in a scheduled eight rounder. Uh, Caballo caught his man early in the first. It was the start of what would be a long eight rounds for Lewis Charles. There wasn't much to distinguish the rounds by early on, save for the fact that Caballo's punches landed well and Lewis Charles didn't appear to have many answers. With that being said, a low blow sent Lewis Charles to the mat and kept him out of the fight for several minutes in the fifth. When the action resumed, however, Cabal legitimately put Lewis Charles to the mat in seconds. Lewis Charles beat the count, but the fight was all Caballo. Um, and the last round saw Lewis Charles attempt to stick and move. He had followed uh, that strategy more aggressively earlier in the fight. The match may have looked a bit different. Fight to say, Cabal took to landing for his shots en route to a unanimous decision. Uh, scores 80-71, 79-72, And let's end today's show by a few quotes from Devin Haney, who has an unblemished record. He's 30-0, 15 knockouts. But he's actually unhappy with the mess in boxing that uh, Floyd Mayweather has created with the pattern of avoidance. But he's just as guilty, uh, swerving... Um, boxers like Shakur Stevenson, and in fact, fleeing the division to avoid his carefully built uh, record. He says of Floyd Mayweather, um, we could change the whole dynamic of boxing and make it like the UFC. Those guys fight each other, lose and fight again, and maybe even bigger fights after a loss. Said Haney, Floyd made boxing bigger, but he kind of messed up the game with the undefeated record. So guys, don't want to fight each other. They want to keep the zero. And we've talked about this quite often on Talk and Fight, as you may know, both on the Friday night panel and on Knuckle Up and in all of our shows, quite frankly, it comes up often about uh, how these fighters are being protected by uh, their managers and promoters and in, in maintaining the zero and avoiding uh, fights that they really should take so that fans can see the best going off against the best but it doesn't always happen. However, there are some good fights to look out for coming up very soon, and we do, in fact, look forward to reporting those results to you. Uh, thank you very much for joining me here on Talk and Fight. I appreciate it. Remember to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and we'll see you later on at 4 p.m. Eastern time when I join Mike Orr for his show, Knuckle Up.